Blog Talk Radio. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer, how to make an ask for money, create your story structure and your trailer, legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. Hi and welcome to the Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Our guest, Corky Kessler Esquire, is a leading film attorney who works for Deutsch, Levy, and Engel. He discusses legal issues, marketing and distribution of films, and has extensive experience in the entertainment industry on a worldwide basis. Corky regularly speaks on the business and legal aspects of feature film development, including tax incentives. And Carol, Corky is a donor to your Roy Dean Film Grants, right? Yes, Claire. He's been supporting From the Heart and our grants for many years. Thank you, Corky, for joining us. Uh, Claire and and Carol, it's always my pleasure. People in the industry, uh, Carol, do not understand how valuable you are as a friend to what they're doing, and and they don't understand what you provide to them and the continued value that your grant and foundation can give to each of them. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Karki. I appreciate that compliment. So we're very excited to hear about uh, the event. You've got an event coming in March 2015 about the first ever created open-door Film Virtual Business Studio. So can you tell us some things about that? Yes. Um, so I've been working with Wells Fargo, the, the advisors at Wells Fargo, for the last six months. And we were coming up with a, and trying to come up with a way where we can have an affiliation and an association with them and with me where we can open every door that anyone in the film industry needs to open, um, including funding uh, for their film. So we announced during Sundance, that's the first announcement we ever did, the the Open Door Film Virtual Business Studio, and we've already got a ton of clients that have been contacting us. So let me tell you a little about what our program um, talks about and our program does, and we are going to be in Los Angeles at a place to be determined next week, but it's going to be March 12th at noon from noon to about 4 o'clock, and you're going to hear hear all about the program, and also a major producer, Andrew Sugarman, and I are going to talk about legal and business pitfalls um, in the film industry during the event, uh, and that event happens to be free, and you'll get lunch, too. 
but we only want people who are serious about moving forward to come because space is very limited. All right, so let me tell you what we have done. Wells Fargo has a funding alternative, and Wells Fargo provides through us the insurance on the film, key man insurance, E&O insurance, completion bond insurance, and is working on being able to advance the funds for any state incentive. I open every other business door and legal door that's ever needed for the film. So let's talk about the funding, the, the, the alternative. I'm going to give an example, and this is an example that will be further amplified at the March 12th. Uh, when we're talking, Carol, you should definitely be there. Thank um, you, Clark. Yeah. Okay. So let's assume, and I'm going to give certain facts that we're assuming. Let's assume the filmmaker has a $3 million movie. And for, forgetting about, for the time being, the state incentives, which will give the investor back something, the investor likes their movie and is willing to put in the $3 million, but at the end of the day, that investor thinks, I'm going to risk the $3 million, uh, uh, basically. The film could tank, and I've lost principally my $3 million. Now, of course, if the film's a 181 grandfathered film and it's got state incentives, that that's not exactly true. But in my example, let's assume, since there's not 181 now, that there's a risk of $3 million be, being lost. If that investor, through their investment vehicles, has $5 million or more sitting in a fund, that yeah. investor can transfer those same investments to Wells Fargo, $5 million, and goes into a Wells Fargo fund, same investments even, or it could be changed, but the investor controls the fund, $5 million into Wells Fargo. That investor can direct $3 million to go to the movie, and the $5 million doesn't get touched. The $5 million continues to grow and grow and grow. There's no payment plan. There's no underwriting process. It's the cleanest thing you can do. So look at this. The investor is not risking three million in the film, the investor still got the five million working for him or her or them, and the five million in three to five years could easily grow and has in the past to ten to fifteen million and they'll decide to pay it back from profit. But their risk is minimized by the marketplace, not by what the film does. So think of the great thing that you can have money for your film and the investor's principal is never touched. That's incredible. And and how is it that Wells is safe? Because they have five. All right, so they get the five million. They Wells yes, then you can loan sixty percent. You can loan out sixty percent. So sixty percent of five million is the three million. Yeah. So, if you have five million now, do, does Wells have to check the investments to feel secure with what you? No, 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 no. As long as it totals five million, well, or but you've got sixty percent loan to value. So, I have somebody. 
I can't mention who, who put in $60 million to do three movies and are coming in $20 million trunches. And the fact that, that he can pull out $12 million without touching each 20 trunch. Wow. So oh. it's an amazing program that Wells Fargo will be there on the 12th to explain with their insurance component part. So we put this all together, and and everyone that we have talked to about this uh, as a group goes, oh, my God, can you do that? You mean <laughs> my investor is not risking the $3 million, that $5 million stays there? So that's what Wells Fargo does from an alternative funding. So, we control and minimize the risk that the investor has on your movie, greatly. Okay, let me ask you, what's the minimum? In other words, what if, I mean, could it be as small as $1 million and a 600000 uh, yes. film? Uh, yes, it could be as low as $1, one million, because that's the threshold, but then all you can borrow against it is 600000 Okay. And so, in so this, say, during this say, time, then, does Wells own the rights to the film? No, no, no. The investor does. Incredible. So let's say, Carol, on your $1 million that you've got a $600,000 project. Bingo. Get the 600000 from that $1 million. The $1 million doesn't get touched, and the $1 million in three to five years continues to substantially grow. Do they have to make a commitment to maintain to this agreement with Wells for a certain length of time? No, they don't, but for them to have the luxury of having the ability to pay it from profit that their fund makes, they they should. Yes, they should. Yeah, well, why, yeah. why leave a good deal? <laughs> That's the point. Uh, this is brilliant. And you, who came up with such a brilliant idea? Uh, well, it, 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 it was Wells and me. Fantastic, Karki. You're changing the whole uh, playing field out there for well, investors that's why, and filmmakers. That's why this, Carol, is called the first ever Open Door Film Virtual Business Studio. There's nothing between Wells Fargo and myself that we can't do from a business standpoint to move your project forward. Well, that's great. Great. So how do people, uh, first of all, they have the event to come to in, in uh, March 12th in Los Angeles, but anywhere else in the country, if they want to know about it, should they email you? They should, at, uh, and they can contact you, Carol, but it's Kessler, K-E-S-S-L-E-R, at D as in David, L as in Larry, E as in Egg, C as in Charlie, Dot com Kessler at D-L-E-C dot com, or call me on my direct line, which is 312-853-8448. But for the 12th, we have very limited space, so only those people that feel they've got the ability to find people with certain money that they can learn about having their film funded and also those people that want to learn from Andrew Sugarman and myself about some pitfalls. Right. 
Absolutely. It's the pitfalls that people don't know about, Karki. I think you're so smart in focusing on that. So um, uh, this is brilliant. Well, you want to tell us a little bit more about the insurance? Yeah, okay. So when you become a Wells Fargo client and mine or, or, or even just Wells Fargo, um, and you need insurance for your movie, they've got an insurance arm with Wells Fargo that they own that provides production insurance, E&O insurance, completion bond, and key man insurance. They can satisfy every insurance need you need. Now, so, they have attached themselves to existing insurance agencies? Is that it? I, they own it. <laughs> so, Carol, when you, in your book, talk about insurance needs, yes, we can do that. You talk about funding needs, we can do that. You talk about legal needs in your book, we can do that. You talk about business needs and development needs, we can do that. So it's a great platform. Well, speaking of business needs, uh, that was one of the questions I, I wanted to ask today was, I talk to a lot of filmmakers who are in the process of creating their business plan, but I've often heard you say that you have to redo a lot of business plans. So uh, do you recommend that they get started and do an outline and then bring that to you and you do the business plan for them? Uh, I don't do the business plans because I don't provide the five years of, of figures and the comparables. There are people that, that are very good at writing business plans that do it for like 4500 or 5000 not not overly expensive. But I review them to make sure um, that if they're creating their own, own yeah. document, it's not a business plan, it's a business overview. So it should be called an overview rather than a plan. And I help with that and look at that only to make sure that they're not violating any securities laws or, or making any promises that I don't want them to have to make. Right, business overview. Okay, that is really good to know. Um all right. So basically, when they come to you, then you can handle everything from the uh, PPM. Why don't you explain uh, to people what that is and why they need that? Okay. Um, when you draft your investment documents, um, you and, and these are securities, so they have to understand that when you do LLC investment documents, it's a security, and we have to be comfortable with the security laws that relate to it. So, so I've been doing this for a very long time. You need to file your LLC. Usually it's in Delaware because it's the most manager-friendly state, and you need an operating agreement subscription agreement. I do an investor questionnaire, and I do a manager questionnaire. Several people think they need a private placement memorandum to go along with that. Well, if they're only going after accredited investors, that's people who have earned 200000 or more in the two years preceding the investment and expect the same in the year of the investment, or 300 if it's a joint investment, or they have $1 million of assets excluding their home, that's an accredited uh, investor. If all of them will be accredited, you do not need a private placement memorandum. You do not need the expense of paying a lawyer to do a private placement memorandum. 
You only need the LLC documents that I just mentioned. If any one of your investors, and you want to go after non-accredited, those are people who don't meet those thresholds, then you need a private placement memorandum to protect you, the filmmaker, against lawsuits of fraud or misrepresentation. So okay. a PPM, a private placement memorandum, protects you, but you only need it if you're going after unaccredited investors. All right. Okay, so an accredited investor, tell us that one more time. They have to have an income of 200000 for the past two years. And expect uh, the same in the current year. Uh-huh. Or $300,000 if it's a joint investment. Or, so it's an either-or, or $1 million of assets, which excludes their home. Okay. All right. Well... I, all right, that sounds good. That's an easy to fill bill. And how do you get them to admit that? Do you have to ask uh, the, uh, the person those uh, questions? There's, no, there's an investor questionnaire that I draft. All right, and so you just send that to the person. And they check the box that they are. You don't. There's no due diligence that you need. However, if you want to go publicly. Now you can under the Jumpstart Act of 2012. If you want to go publicly, solicit, market, and advertise your investment opportunities or investment documents, you do need a private placement memorandum, and you can only go after accredited investors. So for that purpose, you're going to need it, period. Okay. All right. If you only have accredited investors... You don't need a private placement memorandum unless you want to publicly go out and solicit and market and advertise your investment documents. Okay, that's clear. Thank you so much for that, Corky. There, but you can't step into this filmmaking world without an attorney, and especially one that can help you with the financing like you've done. This is such a brilliant package you've put together. Yeah, but, but Carol, so many people believe that you can get out of what I call development hell without spending money. And and except for very rare circumstances, that's not true. You can compare the development phase for a film like putting a foundation of a building into the ground. There's a cost. Yes. To develop it, and you cannot develop your project fully and and move it forward out of development without spending, and this is a range, of about 25000 to 50000 So they have to be prepared for that. Yeah, I mean, because during the development phase, you may need casting, a casting director to be involved. There's a cost to bring in that person during the development phase, but that's a very valuable person. You may need a director to come in during the development phase. There's a cost for that. You may need a producer to come in during the development phase. There's a cost for that. You may need an accountant to come in and do things during the development phase. There's a cost for that. And the lawyer, there's a cost for that. So people... 
really will be stuck in the ground unless they know. And usually the development money comes from friends and family because there's a yeah. big risk, but you give them a very big upside, but there's a big risk. Um, you usually get the development funds from friends and family, and I draft a development fund agreement to give to them, but it usually comes from friends and family. Right. And I've also I've heard you tell the story about how important it is to maintain uh, your all the rights to your film and get releases uh, on everything you do. Because that, the title, the chain of titles, seems to be one of the most important things that filmmakers overlook. So while we're at this point, tell us about chain of title and why it becomes so important to the filmmaker. Most, uh, as you know, Carol, I speak during Sundance for the last 19 years, and I speak during Cannes, and I speak during Toronto. And during Cannes and Toronto, I moderate through Bloomberg, six industry panels that are streamed live all over the world. And what's the often question or is, what do most filmmakers not pay enough attention to? And it's not their fault. They're creative, so they don't necessarily think about these. But you start with your screenplay. You need to have the... Copyright, not WGA filing, but a copyright on your screenplay. And you have to show who the owner or owners are. That's your first arm of your chain of title, your first chain. You need to copyright it. Once you copyright it, you don't need to recopyright it at all unless there's a substantial change. So little tweaks and changes, you don't need to send it in. Substantial change, you do. But the Copyright Office keeps the legal ownership of your title with your film. You cannot copyright a title, all right? So you can have five films that have the same title. You can't copyright a title. So, however, the MPAA, the police relating to the credits that they give you, won't give you a credit if there are objections to your title, and you don't resolve with the examiner the objections to the title. So keep in mind, although you cannot copyright it, you may have um, a, a problem when the film goes to get rated through the MPAA. Okay. Okay, so that's your first. And what you need to do um, to secure the rights... To move forward is to have an option. The producer needs to have an option for the the screenplay. And a literary purchase uh, agreement should be attached as an exhibit to the option uh, to be signed once the option's exercised. Once the option and the literary purchase agreement have been signed, then it lays out that the screenwriter has to maintain the copyright. It doesn't get transferred. When you set up your LLC documents for the investors, and when the investors come in, that's when your copyright in 
with the copyright office needs to have it transferred to the ownership usually of the LLC. Okay. Then, then you have an issue of chain of documents that people don't fully understand. And I'll tell you, you need to have a lawyer who is experienced in the film industry to make sure that every document is prepared by a writing and an agreement that gets signed. And that's the option, the literary purchase agreement, all the talent agreements, all the location agreements. Every document needs to be written and signed by a lawyer experienced in the business, and that's called chain of documents. Because you won't get errors and omission insurance, and you will not get distribution unless you have a pristine chain of documents. I'll give you an example. Several years ago, I get called by someone and says to me, I can't get errors and omission insurance. And I said, why? And he says, well, when I went there, they turned me down. And I said, why? He said, because I have not a single document for my movie, and the film's done. It's done. I said, wait a minute. You made a movie, and there's no written document, there's no option, there's no literary purchase, there's no actors. He said, no, because my brother started, my cousin wrote it, and everyone in his family just went out and did the movie. And I said, well, now think, why would an insurance company want to give you errors and omission insurance if you have nothing written down on any aspect of your movie? It's the biggest risk that they could take. So he says, can you help me? And I said, no, I'm not going to predate documents, but I'll give you sample documents for everything you're going to need. How you fill them out, how you get them signed, I want to know nothing about it, but I'll give you form, form documents and good luck. So I charged him for the form documents. Next week he calls me and he thanks me. He says, you know what? I got errors and omission insurance. And I said, I don't want to know how. I'm happy to help. <laughs> uh, okay. So you need to have. Some people say, well, I don't need an entertainment lawyer. I could use my corporate lawyer. I could use my real estate lawyer. You won't get errors and omission insurance if it's not a lawyer who, one, has done this, and two, has never been sued uh, on a contract. Right. No, I don't think people have any idea of the legalities that go with the motion picture uh, department. Our world is so specific, and so many uh, lawsuits have happened, so many things have happened, and there are all these particular phrases that have to be involved, and and you have to know what you're doing or you can be in big trouble. Right, Parky? Yeah, uh, yeah but, but, but Carol, you've written a book. And your book is a great tutorial. And when people read the book, they 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 should fully understand that this is a business. It runs on business principle, and there's a cost to be in this business. And no matter how much you talk about that, no matter how much you write about that, no matter how much I preach this, a lot of people in the business have no money. Right. That's amazing. 
and they think that the project will just happen. And I hope it does. I mean, I'm not begrudging them. No, but I understand what you're saying. There's a lot of work involved uh, in putting uh, the money side together. Once you've got the film ready, then that's only part of it. The paperwork organization. Yes. When when I know the place we're having our talk uh, on March 12th from noon to 4, I'll send an email to you of the place because I would like you to come. Oh, thank you so much, Corky. Definitely up there. But I will put this in our newsletter that's going out in a few days uh, because this is some of the best news I have seen or heard in years. It's a phenomenal... Uh, but, but but in your newsletter, please make sure that you state that the event is for selected people that are, that are in the process of of moving forward only. Okay. Selected people uh, um, who have potential, let's say who have potential investors. Well, and are in in the process of moving Uh their project forward. All right. I'll Um, say that. uh, But but, uh, this is, uh, first of all, you, you, both you and Claire, provide great, topics for discussion, and you and Claire both give the people that are listening to this blog a great opportunity to hear things, and they need to understand that this is, what I said, a business, and they can contact me. Contacting me is free, okay? Good. Uh, uh, and if they want to meet with me while I'm in, in LA, I'm there March. I'm, I'm there March 11th, and I'm there on the 12th. We're doing the event, and I'm there the 13th, and then I come home on the 14th, and then I probably won't be back there until late April for the China U.S. Summit because all the investors from China come, and, and I'm on two panels there in the film industry in Los Angeles. Well, tell us about that. What is that China Investment Panel? Uh, uh, every year, China uh, U.S. Summit has an event in Los Angeles. They have events all the time where the people from China fly in to certain cities to learn. So last April, I was a participant on two panels during that related to film, during a China-U.S. Uh, summit, I think it was at the Biltmore Hotel. Yes. And they're doing it again. It's in late April, I think the last week in April. But And all these investors and people in the industry from China come in. And, and they talk about what you need to know to do business with the Chinese? Uh-huh. Because you know, you know, I'm an adjunct professor at the Beijing Film Academy, so I go to China often to teach. Oh, of course, that is such a, a gift for you to give them. I bet they, your classes are packed. Yeah. So, um, so should we open it up for any questions now, or do you have further questions, Carol? Um. 
I think I Wait. think I've got it. I w- uh, well, let me just talk a little about Sundance because I just yes. came back Let's... from Sundance. Um, as people know or should know, Sundance was a week later this year and will be again next year because they let the ski resorts have the Martin Luther King weekend back. So <laughs> the problem with Sundance having it now where it doesn't end until February 1st or February 2nd is that Berlin, the second of the major five uh, business festivals, uh, opens up two days later. Okay. So, so it's hard to get Sundance home and then to Berlin. Right, right. Well, so, tell me, you had, um, I know you had a couple of parties, and you also had, did you give away an award at Sundance? Yeah, I I, I gave it, well, at Sundance we do a pitch session. We do it during AFM, too, where the winner of the pitch, of, of the, of the pitch gets $1,000 and over 200000 of free service in their film. But But I had these big boxes of chocolate that were sent from Chicago, um, and I asked at one of our talks, and I gave away this big box of turtles and great uh, chocolates, and my question to the audience was, name the first movie that ever got sold at Sundance, and the year it was sold, it started Sundance out to be a buyer's film festival. And do you know the answer to that? No, I don't. I'd love to know. Claire, do you know that? No, I don't think so. All right. Okay. Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Oh, my gosh, of course. <laughs> Later, right? of course. 1987. Yeah. So one person, one person gave the answer. In in this whole huge crowd, one person. I was thrilled to give him the box of chocolate, and then he said to me, <laughs> My wife will love you because I forgot our anniversary. (laughs) So much fun. That's great. That's really interesting. Spader's been on the forefront in so many, so many times with his career. Well done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he—he's a great actor. His television show Blacklist is a phenomenal show. Um, But uh, I love that. Yeah. Do you want to open it up for any questions? Well, uh, yes. I want you to tell me about AFM because people will be listening to this show uh, months from now. And I know AFM is in the fall. What is that, November? Yeah. Uh Uh, We also do a a panel where we talk to filmmakers. I think we charge $25. It's, It's very cheap. And we do a pitch session during uh, during AFM, it's probably a Saturday that we do it on, and we do it at, at a convention hall. Although I didn't book it yet, but uh, that's during uh, the American Film Market. We also give away the thousand dollars and over two hundred thousand of free service for the pitch winner. Second place, five hundred dollars. Third place, two hundred and fifty dollars. And we have major people on our panel, including a funding source now. 
All right, um, funding source. Well, this is what I want to talk about, please, is the panel. I was so impressed with the people you had on your panel and uh, that I took copious notes. I had to borrow paper from the woman next to me because I don't care who you are. If you think you know the industry, forget about it. It changes, and every time you hear from someone, new stuff. It's And your panel was so well-informed. And uh, so let's talk about who have you got on there for funding information. Uh, Kim, her name is Kim Holland, H-O-L-L-A-N-D, and she okay. has funding sources in the United States, I mean big funding sources, and funding sources in China. And she and her partner Joe Guerra um, bring in the last 50%. Meaning, and they'll even meet the first fifty percent and do it at the same time. But they're a fifty percent uh, funding source on projects that they embrace. Now, what projects that they embrace? Um, you, you have to have the right team, the right people on the team. You have to have the right screenplay. It's got to be marketable. You should have a good person in casting as part of it. So there's got there's got to be a lot of things, but they have a lot of money and she talks about funding. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you can't miss that. Now, all right, so do you still have the great casting agent on your okay. We do. Her, her name is Ronnie Yesko, Y E S K E L. She did Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. She did Sessions. And then I have uh, Rudy Langless, who's a producer who did Hotel Rwanda, Hurricane, Sugar Hill, Redemption. I'm doing the Miles Davis and, and the Bob Marley movie uh, with Rudy. And then we have Andrew Sugarman, um, who's a major hands-on producer. And one of his uh, films was Conviction with Hilary Swank. And uh, he's a major producer, and uh, uh, we have a lot of people that, that that come there, and we have a great marketing company, um, Sandy Holmes and Donna Freed, that do the marketing for your films, um, and Sandy is the moderator for our panels. Okay, and what about distribution? Um, uh, we have uh, uh, Jill... G-I-L Aglare A G L A U R E. This company is Cohen Inc. K O A N Inc. And Jill um, has a a distribution company uh, worldwide uh, with a major focus on foreign distribution. Yeah, he was brilliant. Uh, so was everyone else. But I really enjoyed his take on distribution and. And what you need to do to be ready and prepared to uh, to talk to a distributor, what you need to do while you're making the film, thinking about distribution. So all of this was certainly worth the $25 to get in. Uh, it's uh, it's an incredible event, and I highly recommend it to everyone. So we'll Carol? keep uh, everyone aware of uh, this when it gets closer. Great, great. Listen, Carol, I, I think we may have a caller with a question. Okay. Let me uh, open up the mic here. Hello, caller. Did you have a question? 
Did you have a question for Corky? Are you there? Okay. All right. They must have already uh, they must have already hung up before I could uh, get the mic going. So, all right. Please continue. Well, uh, Corky, let's just one more time uh, do your email and your phone number address. Okay. Uh, it's Kessler, K-E-S-S-L-E-R, at, E as in David, L as in Larry, E as in Egg, C as in Charlie, dot com. And my direct line is 312-853-8448. Great. And, um, all right, so congratulations. I think that you're changing the face of film funding, Corky. Bravo. Yes, thank you very much, Corky. Keep up the good work. We all thank you. I mean, this is the best news I I can imagine, and filmmakers are going to love it. So um, we will – I will see you on the 12th of March. Yes, please come. Uh, Okay. it's it's, It's a great event, and if you have anyone that has any questions, they can contact you or they can contact me. Okay, and thank you so much for letting Claire and I be one of the first to hear about this and help you announce it. We really appreciate that. Wait till you hear it from the Wells Fargo people on the 12th. Okay, all right. I look forward to that. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. Okay, lots of good luck, son. Bye. Bye. Be well, everyone. Bye. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.